Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Soccer Summer Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about the knockout rounds, the round of 16, finally beginning in Euro 2020. The group stage is now finally over, and we can get into the really juicy parts of this tournament. I have a buddy of mine, Juan Pablo Marquez, a.k.a. JP. We talk about, you know, overviews of all the Euro groups. We discuss every single round of 16 matchup, give our winners, talk about who could win the golden boot, and finally, cap it off with who's going to win this tournament and who's got the easiest route to it. So without further ado, let's get started on the podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode number three of the Soccer Summer Podcast. Um, this time I have somebody with me. Uh writer for LA Soccer Hub, and overall, he's a smart guy. Every time I talk to him, I got uh, Juan Pablo Marquez. JP, how you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, too. You know, um, I hope you're as excited as me with all the soccer going on this summer, right? The Euros just, the group stage just finished. Um, What do you, how have you been enjoying the Euros? You've liked what you've seen so far? What are your overall takeaways, just in general? Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't obviously been able to watch every single game, but every game that I have watched, um, it's been exciting. And and you have the Euros in the morning, and then you go to the afternoon and have Copa America. So uh, you can never get enough soccer in one day. So it's been a fun summer so far. That is very true. You know, um, I haven't been able to watch every single Euro match. You know, I'm not going to wake up early in the morning for North Macedonia versus uh, Austria. I'm not going to wake up at 6 in the morning for that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I've seen a couple of games here, and I think I've seen every not every, but at least I've been able to watch some of the teams in each group and see what they look like. So just to start off, we're going to overview uh, some of the groups real quick. In Group A, you have Italy, Wales, Switzerland, and Turkey. Italy topped the group nine points, looking really strong with Wales coming in second, Switzerland in third. And because of uh, the rules that were in the last Euros, the top four third-place teams um, throughout the groups here are going to qualify into the round of 16. Um, JP, uh, overall, what, what did you think about this group? Um, I, th- I thought, um, Turkey shocked a lot of people in a negative way. Um, there was a, there were, that was a dark horse for a lot of people. It wasn't my dark horse. My dark horse was Denmark, um, which we'll get to later. Um, but yeah, Turkey really was a letdown. I didn't expect Wales to even get top three. I thought they were going to be the last ones, um, cause the whole Ryan gig situation. So I didn't think the team's headspace was in the right space um italy shocked everybody getting all nine points um and then switzerland is just usually that you know just meh team that you know gets through to the round of 16 always but you know can't really pass that um so yeah uh yeah I, I, we can talk about turkey for a bit everybody you know riders pundits you know they would like to talk about how turkey was this dark horse mostly because of the solid defense that they have and um something they didn't really take into account i think uh, they had a 35-year-old striker up front who really couldn't get much going. Um, JP, uh, I don't know if you saw any of the Turkey games, but o- overall, do you think that Turkey was probably the biggest disappointment of the tournament? Um, yeah, it was the biggest disappointment. I think people had them highly because they were coming off good results in the World Cup qualifiers. You know, they beat Holland. Um, which is not an easy task, um, regardless if it was Frank, Frank DeBoer's like first games um, managing Holland. But, you know, it's not it wasn't, you know, like they weren't playing well, like it was just a random dark horse. But, yeah, I mean, it, 
they just didn't look good in, in the Euros. And these three games, they had no fight. They had no creativity. Their defense, which is what I guess they were they were going to be known for this Euros, just wasn't there. And it was just overall just a disappointment, like you said. Yeah, getting no points at all in the group stage. And I agree with what you say about Switzerland. You know, they're a team that will advance to the next stage, but that's about it for them. You won't hear anything about them. We'll get into their matchup in the round of 16 later. Moving on to Group B, uh, you had Belgium type in the group, getting all nine points. Denmark on the last match day, sliding into that number two spot in the group, followed by Finland and Russia. Um, Denmark obviously had to deal with the Christian Eriksen situation. Um, JP, where were you when you heard about what happened with Ericsson? Um, So I was watching the game, actually. Um, I was in Utah visiting family, and um, I, I was watching the game. And right when it happened, I looked to my phone. So I didn't, like, see him at collapse. I just looked up because my mom said, oh, my God. And then the pundits were obviously like, oh, like, he's down. And then I saw his face, and I saw him obviously um, uh, twitching and, and co- collapse. So I was like, okay, something's up. It's not, you know anything minor but yeah i was i was watching i was watching the game actually and i was like waiting to see what would happen um i didn't really think he would ever be gone which is what the doctor said that he was gone for you know a short period of time i didn't think it was it was to that magnitude but yeah it was very it was very concerning and, and you know you your heart goes out to, to all of denmark for even going out um like what 40 or an hour later and finishing the game but yeah it was a very like scary scene you don't expect that to happen to especially like a healthy you know soccer player yeah definitely a very scary situation um i was with you i was actually eating breakfast while watching this game and it was it was crazy because i just go down to you know take a bite of my food and then next thing i know christian erickson is down on the floor and i'm lost and then you know all of social media is kind of going crazy about it you know thankfully erickson is doing well and he's out of the hospital now but it, it was pretty scary and I would say that kind of motivated Denmark. You know, they couldn't get the result against Belgium, which was their following game, but they played strongly. And then against Russia, they obviously, you know, they went all out and were able to get number uh, two place in the group. Um, let's talk about Belgium real quick. Um, how con- how convinced are you that this team could uh, win the Euros this year? Uh, they, they're, they're one of my favorites. Um, I wouldn't say I had one favorite to win it all. My three favorites, like, before, you know, watching them play was England, Belgium, and France. I was like, whoever, um, I guess, has the easiest road um, or the, you know, just plays the best and has the least amount of mistakes is going gonna, is gonna to win it all to me. Those are my three, three picks. So um, from what I saw from Belgium, it's just, you know, Belgium ball. They have enough experience. They have enough chemistry with each other. You know, they're, they, they're ranked number one. They're coming off a of third place. Um, in the World Cup in, in Russia. So um, obviously, you know, they didn't destroy every team, but they, they did what they had to do. Um, and then we'll obviously get to their round of 16 matchup later. But, you know, Belgium convinced me enough to, you know, still be one of my favorites to win it all. And you mentioned Russia. Uh, Russia in the World Cup in 2018 went pretty far than most people expected, but this time at the Euros, um, bottom of the group. Um, were you surprised or disappointed about that? Um, it was, it was definitely shocking because, um, you know, they, what they eliminated, um, Spain, they took Croatia to penalties. So, um, obviously, obviously they were at home, so that's an extra bonus. Maybe, you know, that's what pushed them that far. Um, but you know, they had enough players, you know, the Russian culture, Russian, you know, personalities, very strong, very hard, uh, very hardworking, you know, very proud of being Russian. So, I mean, I, I thought, you know, they would put 
more fight into it. Um, obviously, they were playing against Denmark in Denmark that last game, which was, you know, their make it or break it game. But, um, you know, they still could have shown a bit more fight. So, yeah, I was disappointed, you know, being dead last, um, you know, maybe a third place spot. And, you know, by goal difference not qualifying, you know, I can understand that. But, you know, uh, dead last, um, yeah, that was very telling of of no development in Russian football, I guess. Yeah, and uh, we'll talk about the other team, Finland, who got their place. They got their three points. Um, the same game that Ericsson collapsed, and, you know, they had to replay that game, I think, if I'm correct, about maybe like an, an hour and a half later after the whole incident got out, and then Finland got the three points that day, but couldn't do anything else in Group B. Moving on to Group C, Netherlands, Australia, Ukraine, and North Macedonia. Netherlands top in the group. Uh, I'm surprised that a team led by Frank De Boer did so well. Um, I've watched him in MLS and how Atlanta United just didn't look good. Austria taking place number two in the group and then Ukraine moving on in that third place spot. Um, JP, what do you think about the Netherlands? Do you think Frank DeBoer's got his system in place? Do you think they can make a deep run? Um, I, I guess, you know, looking at, at the, the brackets, you know, in the playoffs and, and the knockout stages, um, I can see them, you know, making it to the semifinals because of how, I guess, accessible it is. But, um, yeah, I mean, nobody really expected the Netherlands to get nine points. Um, I expected them to, you know, get first, but, you know, maybe with, like, two two wins and a tie because they, they played every game at home, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, yeah, that obviously helps. But um, I don't I don't know how much credit I would give to Frank de Boer. Um, obviously, you know, they were playing great under Koeman. So obviously they have the chemistry already and it's basically, you know, more or less the same team, but um, the knockout stages will be telling if it's actually Frank DeBoer's um, hand or if it's just, you know, them knowing each other well enough to, to push through. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, they also have a ton of talented players. Right, Memphis Depay, who's going to go to Barca this year. Yes. And then Jeannie Wijnaldum, who uh, basically avoided Barcelona for more money as PSG were able to hijack that deal. Um, Austria are an interesting team to me. You know, David Alaba is a really versatile defender slash midfielder. He can really play anywhere between there. Um, what, what, what have, what are your thoughts about, uh, this Austrian team? Um, well, they hadn't won an international match since, um, what, 94, 98 when they beat the U S. Um, so them, you know, just making the euros was already an accomplishment, um, I saw them beat um, North Macedonia, so I saw, you know, what it meant to, to the players, the coaching staff, and the fans, you know, after the game. So, uh, obviously, they're, they're just – they have nothing to lose at this point, you know, especially getting a second win and qualifying. Um, you know, they're, they're on cloud nine right now. Um, so, you know, they're – get ready to – I mean, Italy should, should get ready for them because they have nothing to lose, and, you know, they'll, they'll play with everything. Um, so, yeah, it was a pretty surprising run from Austria getting second. Yeah, I was surprised by that, too. I thought maybe Ukraine could have slid into that spot. And, you know, speaking of Ukraine, they did pretty well. Almost had that comeback uh, in their first match against uh, Holland. But unfortunately, they couldn't cap it off, though. They did get a victory uh, against Northern Macedonia. And that's kind of what propelled them to be in that third place spot. And they will be advancing on the next stage. Northern Macedonia, you know, first time appearing at the Euros, you know, they'll bow out. And yeah, they didn't look too impressive, but it's a big accomplishment for that country. Moving on to uh, the other group, England, Croatia, Czech Republic, and Scotland. England topped the group with Croatia at second. Czech Republic and third will advance, and Scotland will 
be eliminated. A um, lot of talking points coming from England. You know, this team has a lot of attacking options. Jaden Sancho barely got any playing time and he's been on fire in the Bundesliga. And there's obviously a lot of um, talk about, you know, is Gareth Southgate really the manager for England? They've only scored two goals this entire tournament. They've had a lot of attacking um, firepower up front. What's your assessment of England so far, JP? Um, it was very underwhelming, um, but they did get the job done. You know, they didn't what they didn't concede a single goal. Um, yeah, that's right. They didn't concede a goal. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, I get the Southgate criticism because you know who was Southgate before the England uh, men's national team. I mean, I didn't, I haven't, I didn't hear hear of him. Um, and then when you have so many attacking options, you know, you kind of expect, you know, at least three goals in group stages. Um, obviously, you know, they were tight games, which, you know, the teams would would track back and play defensive, you know, in their half. But, you know, you can still you still have to create more options, especially when you're at home or, you know, you're in the UK. You have to, you know, score more um, regarding Sancho. I think he deserves more minutes. Um, he started Saka the last game, which I guess was controversial. Um, but Saka played well, so it ended up working out for for Southgate. Um, but I just think Sancho has more experience, um, which is going to be needed, especially versus Germany, because he plays in Germany. So he can, you know, I guess, um, read give a little scouting report about yeah. that, too, you know, yeah, give the German read the German team a bit better than his than his um than his countrymen. Yeah. And uh, moving on to Croatia, who barely had advanced Luka Modric with an amazing goal. Croatia haven't looked too convincing, you know, runners up at the World Cup and then. Here in the Euros, you know, they lost to England. Um, Croatia and Luka Modric, can they make another run? Or do you think that steam is kind of, you know, not there anymore as it was a couple of years ago? Uh, it's definitely not there, especially without Akitic. Um, both of them, regardless of their age, um, class is always there. Um, but I just don't see them. I can see them, you know, maybe getting past Spain in the round of 16. Because, uh, you know, Spain is another howler this tournament but um yeah i don't see them going far i don't see them making past round of eight if anything um you know the, the magic isn't gone but it's definitely father time is you know cutting up to it and slowed it down um so yeah oh yeah for sure um and finally the the czech republic who will advance into the knockout stage you know um i think they're kind of like a dark horse patrick Schick had probably goal of the tournament so far you know scoring that from about 45 yards out and uh, the Czech Republic overall looked really good and uh, really, really held their own when they played against England. I thought, you know, obviously they're going to have to play against tougher opponents. But do you think they can maybe secretly make a dark run or you think uh, this will be all over after the round of 16 match? Um, I mean, my dark horse um, is still Denmark, especially after what happened with Ericsson in their last match. Um, I think that definitely cemented them as a dark horse with and have enough momentum on their side. But Czech Republic is also a team that, you know, maybe not make may not make a deep run, but can definitely, you know, knock off uh, the favorites of being Netherlands um, and, you know, get to the quarterfinals, maybe, you know, make a, a push to the penalty shootout and, and get somewhere. Um, but, yeah, I think they have a, a difficult challenge getting over Netherlands, who I guess has a lot of momentum on their side too. Um, but like you said, the goal of the tournament by Sheik. Um, but, I mean, outside of that, I didn't really see much that can, you know, um, tell me that like, oh, this team, you know, can really do damage to you or, or you know, on a, on a set piece or, or on the counter can really, you know, punish you 
So, you know, they can, but I'm just not really truly convinced, you know, to, call, to name them, you know, my dark horse of the tournament. Yeah, um, they did score goals. Patrick Schick did. But aside from that, you know, you kind of got to see the rest of the team elevate and play a little bit better. Scotland, you know, come back to the Euros after a really, really long time and unfortunately weren't able to do much. Um, it was really weird for me seeing Scott McTominay of Manchester United to play at center back. I thought that was really odd. And I really didn't understand that. Um, obviously, Scotland had to deal with the COVID outbreak uh, through Billy Gilmore. And that kind of really hurt their chances a bit more. But Scotland will bow out into this tournament. Moving on to the next group, Sweden, Spain, Slovakia, and Poland. Sweden and Spain are going to advance to the next round. No third place team advancing here. Um, overall, JP, what's your biggest you know, takeaway when you look at what happened with this group? What, what's something that sticks out to you and something that kind of concerned you or something that you uh, just been thinking about what could have gone different with this group? Um, I guess the area of concern is um, Spain and Poland. Um, obviously, um, the Polish players aren't at the level of Lewandowski. And um, I guess they kind of didn't step up and helped him um, or gave him enough you know, chances. He kind of had to create his own, especially against um, Sweden. But I mean, it's Poland. So, I mean, ultimately, I expected them to be third. Um, you know, they, they just really dropped the ball against Slovakia the first game. And it made it a bit difficult for them um, for the rest of the tournament. Um, so there were disappointment. Um, Spain, also another disappointment. Um, you know, Spanish media was really killing Luis Enrique because, you know, one, Spanish media is very, you know, Madrid-based and he's, you know, a Barcelona uh, coach and, you know, not calling any Real Madrid player. Um, which I think is justified because Carvajal and, and Ramos were injured and Asensio and Vasquez, oh, Vasquez was also injured. And Asensio just wasn't doing much. You know, if, if Lucas Vasquez, I mean, if Vinicius um, benches you, you don't deserve to be called up to the Spanish <laughs> national. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then he's, and then Luis Enriquez um, stated, you know, it's Luis Morata and 10 more. Um, and, you know, or no, Alvaro Morata, sorry. And then, you know, Morata just doesn't do anything, doesn't finish, um, has never really been informed for a while now. Um, so, you know, just Spain is very worrisome because, um, you know, you know, they play beautiful football, you know, they control the ball, you know, they can pass it out from side to side all they want, but they just don't have any depth. And if Laporta has to, you know, score the, 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 the goal that opens the floodgates, you know, then something's wrong. Um, yeah, that's a difficult position for Spain, too. And, you know, also to their other striker, Gerard Moreno, you know, he had a, an easy opportunity against Sweden that he missed and fumbled on. Um, we're going to keep talking about Spain a bit. Uh, do you think that maybe uh, Luis Enrique might regret not bringing in Sergio Ramos, maybe having a leader somewhere there? You know, obviously, defense, uh, defense-wise, you know, they're fine. But just even having a, a vocal leader and somebody who can kind of lift the spirits up of the team, do you think he'll probably... That's something that this team's probably missing. Uh, they're definitely missing him, but I mean, he was injured. But I mean, yeah, you know, any help in the bench, you know, just the him screaming at the in the bench, you know, being I guess that that Madridista for you know the Spaniards, you know, to 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 bring it all together, because um, Luis Enrique's Barca, you know, having Luis or Sergio Ramos, you know, screaming in the bench, you know, being the Madridista, I guess uniting Spain, um, definitely would have helped because he is you know a natural born leader. Um, but he's injured. So, yeah, I guess he would have been, you know, like Ronaldo in the in the finals of the Euros, you know, screaming from the bench. Um, and it still would have helped the team. Um, I guess the old, the last thing about this group was um, 
uh, Sweden, you know, they played well, you know, what they got to the round of 16 in the last World Cup. Um, um, yeah, but, I think they made it to the quarterfinals. They lost to yeah. England that year. Yeah. So, you know, they, they're still um, developing, you know, growing as a nation. Um, Isaac, you know, was making defenders look silly. Um, so he's up and coming. And, you know, they didn't have, you know, God himself, Slatan. So imagine, imagine how, how much better they would have been with Slatan. Um, but yeah, I mean, this group was, was, I guess, unexpected, um, especially, you know, with Spain underperforming at home, you know, can't forget that they were at home. That is true. But yeah, I mean, Sweden played well, did, did what they had to do. Um, Poland and Slovakia were obviously easier teams, did their job against them and, you know, got the easy tie against Spain. So, um, yeah, Sweden did their job and, you know, Spain needs a lot of work to do if they want to, they want to make a push. Yeah, uh, one last thing about this group. You know, it's sad to see probably the best striker in all the world and arguably probably the best player in the world over the past year, Robert Lewandowski, you know, his Polish team just couldn't get it done. You know, you mentioned the loss to Slovakia. That definitely hurt them a lot, even getting a red card in that game. Um, it's just disappointing to see because who knows if we'll see Lewandowski in the next World Cup. And I'm pretty sure he probably won't be playing in the next Euros just because of kind of he's getting up there in age. But uh, sex to see him uh, leave, and he's just been so good over the past year. You know, it's really disappointing. And finally, we're going to talk about the group of death, the last group on here, France, Germany, Portugal, and Hungary. Um, it went down to the last minute in this group. You know, all the teams were all over the place within the last couple of minutes um, of match of their last match day. Um, I'm going to start with Portugal because they're an interesting team to look at, you know, finishing in that third place spot, and they will qualify into the next round. Um, what, what, what kind of worries you with Portugal? Because, you know, they have Ronaldo. They have so much talent on that team. What do you think is kind of, what do you think needs to happen if they really want to reach that potential? Because Bruno Fernandes wasn't playing good at all. You know, he got benched in the last game. What do you think uh, Portugal's missing? Um, honestly, I just think it's, it's a coaching thing. I think this is where the coach um, doesn't mm, utilize the best players um, because if you have enough youthful, fast counter-attacking, um, you know, they didn't look fast. They didn't look dynamic. I mean, you also have middles that can control the game with, you know, with Moutinho and Sanchez. Um, they never really controlled the tempo of the game in any game other than Hungary, but that was because, you know, Hungary was defending all game. Um, if it's not, you know, by a penalty or, or by Ronaldo's a header or anything, um, then, you know, Portugal kind of you know, is not generating any game. Um, they looked really bad against Germany. Um, but then again, Germany goes and plays terribly against Hungary. So we'll get to that later. But um, honestly, I'm not high on Portugal. I was never high on Portugal um, to begin the tournament. I honestly didn't think they were going to get out of the group stage. If I'm being honest, that was my bold prediction. Wow, very bold. Um, yeah, because, you know, France and Germany were just um, just have more into me. And, you know, in the group of death, if you lose two games, which I thought they would, um, I didn't think they were going to be the best third. Um, but... I mean, they passed um, with the help of Germany in the last minute and, and, you know, tying with France. But I'm not high on Portugal. I honestly don't think they're going to get past the round of 16. Um, Ronaldo can only do so much, especially because he's a striker. If, like, you know, they don't generate play for him. Um, he's not. He doesn't track back to the middle and, you know, take one or two players and, you know, create something for himself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Portugal, I'm not high on Portugal, but we'll see what happens. Um, they can, you know, push a penalty shootout and then, you know, try to try to get past there. 
yeah, we'll talk about Germany. You know, do you think Germany are a good or bad team? You know, we've seen them struggle in the tournament. Obviously, we're losing to Hungary. Had that great game against Portugal. But aside from that, you haven't really seen much. Do you think Germany are kind of hot and cold at the moment? Yeah, they're very inconsistent. Um, obviously, you don't you don't want to lose a game like you did against France. I mean, the game against France, what you lose on a on an own goal by Hummels. You know, it's not like France generated play, um, which France kind of doesn't do. France kind of just sits back and you know counterattacks, which is what they did in Russia and what they're doing again now. I'm another you know team that has enough power to dominate the game, but just doesn't. Um, but Germany is very inconsistent. I mean. You can't go from, you know, destroying Portugal, making them look bad 4-2. You know, it wasn't like a 1-0 last-minute victory. You know, you made Portugal look bad, um, especially when they have Ruben Diaz in the back. You know, you made him look bad. Um, but then you can't go and then play at home and then, you know, tie 2-2 two two against Hungary with, you know, your backs against the ropes. Um, they just don't have a finisher, if, if we're being honest. that's I think that's their biggest issue. Um, Werner is definitely not, not the best striker in the world. He's definitely one of the worst ones. Um, he can't finish. Like, he just can't. Like, there's just so many highlights of him missing sitters. And it's not like, you know, there's two men on him and he shoots it and it hits the post. Or, you know, it's a great save by the goalie. Like, he's one against one against keepers, you know, with Chelsea and Germany. And he just can't, he just can't put it in. So that's worrying if that's your number nine. Um, but besides that, you know... Rudiger, Homos have experience. Rudiger's coming off the, you know, the Champions League victory. Um, Kimmich playing at right back with Bosens on the left. You know, that looks dangerous. But if you can't finish, then, you know, you're not going to win games. Um, and they're ultimately German. So, you know, penalty shootouts are, are favorable for them. But um, Germany need to be better, especially with it being Jakim Lowe's, you know, last tournament, giving him his final hurrah, you know, for, for giving them the World Championship. I mean, the World Cup, but. Yeah, Germany have been looking shaky too. Yeah, um, just, you know, one last thing to talk about this. You know, France as well, you know, um, they looked pretty good. You know, they're going to, you know, sit back and counterattack. You saw that killing Mbappe exposed that speed again. And um, we'll have to see how all these teams go on because they played the group of death, really. You know, all these teams, top teams in this tournament, you know, they played against one another to start it off. So we'll have to see, you know, how they do in in knockout rounds now. And now we're just going to go, you know, talk about the knockout rounds, you know, round of 16 starting this Saturday. Um, Wells and Denmark, who do you think takes that one, JP? Um, well, they are playing in Amsterdam. I ultimately think Denmark will take it, um, especially with their performance last game. They're going to be close enough to home to, you know, make it feel like it's still home. Um they were my dark horse. They lost to Finland, but that was, you know, because they were in shock. Um, you yeah. lose to Belgium. That was expected. But, you know, that that last roar against Russia really, really is going to catapult them um, to the quarterfinals at least. Um, so I have them past Wales. Um, I don't think Gareth Bale um, has enough to to carry this team um, past, this, past Denmark. Maybe, you know, if they play a great defensive game and, you know, push it to penalties. But other than that, I think, you know, Denmark can, you know, put one, put one past them. Yeah, oh, you know, Wells, they're basically really dependent upon Gareth Bale. Very dependent, you know. He needs to kind of just be creating stuff for Aaron Ramsey, who's kind of playing as that, you know, false nine, really being forward up there. And, you know, he's allowed to make those runs up ahead. Um, if Denmark can really contain Gareth Bale well and kind of just limit his touches on the ball, really, then 
Denmark are going to have an easy victory because I think they've got enough quality up front to, you know, uh, hit hit something and it goes into the back of the net. I think uh, Denmark are a very motivated team right now, and that's going to keep going, and they're going to win this match easily. On to the next one, Italy versus Austria. Italy have been doing really, really good and have impressed everybody. Do you think Austria have a shot at beating Italy, or do you think it's kind of ridiculous to put that thought out there? Um. Honestly, no, because I just don't think Italy have that, you know, number killer number nine. Um, yeah, Immobile is, is amazing in Serie A, but with it, the Italian national team, um, he's not that killer. Um, Immobile is good, um, but I, I ultimately think Italy is going to win. But if Austria, you know, with Alaba center back, you know, they can they can really make this Italy team work work hard for this victory so i mean i ultimately think it's going to be like a zero zero until like the 80th minute and then italy puts one past them and then you know they get a late second but um you know with alaba and center back no it's not you know the craziest idea that austria can you know push italy but i ultimately don't think that's going to happen but so yeah italy gets the win but it, it definitely will be a hard fought hard fought game yeah, I think, uh, you know, you hit it on the point. I think this is going to be kind of a low-scoring game. You know, Italy have been doing really good in the group and scored a lot of goals. But, you know, when it comes to the round of 16, I think Austria is probably going to want to sit back and kind of just absorb some of the pressure there. Like you mentioned, Immobile, just, you know, when I watch him in Serie A, he looks really good. Like, he's one of, the, you know, the top strikers in the world, really. But with uh, the Italian national team, you know, I, I feel a bit of that's kind of taken away. I don't know what it is, but uh, it's just not the same Immobile from uh, Lazio. So I, I think, you know, we're going to see some struggles from him in these knockout rounds. But I think Italy will eventually get the job done. You know, uh, Austria just, you know, they're a good team. But I don't know if they have enough quality in that midfield to really, you know, push the game forward for their um, forwards. And, you know, Italy, they're a team that, you know, they can defend well. They've got a good midfield. And, at the end of the day, I think the Italian team as a whole would just play a lot better and they're going to get one past um, the Austrian keeper. Moving on to the next game, you have Holland and the Czech Republic. Um, You know, we talked about Holland earlier, you know, how is this team going to do? You know, Frank De Boer obviously doesn't have the best managerial, you know, career, nor has he had that much success, you know, club-wise. Uh, JP, uh, what do you think? you think De Boer gets a uh, convincing win or you think they kind of struggle a bit? Um, it's definitely going to be, uh, look, uh, just a random comment, but some of these round of 60 matchups are like, you know, definitely like semi, semi-final level. And then some of them are, you know, like random matches like this one. Um, and the Wales one is kind of random too, but, um, no, I think Kuman has, uh, definitely a lot of open or a lot of free time this summer. So he might end up, you know, coaching, coaching this Netherlands teams, you know, from the stands, you know, calling calling them at halftime and coaching them ultimately, you know, because he he was at one of these games. Yeah, he was at the games. I saw that. Yeah, the so TV you know, panned maybe, on to him. Yeah, so maybe you know, one phone call at halftime is is what what does the trick. Um, but yeah, I ultimately think the Netherlands has enough um, experience and chemistry. Um, De Jong and Vinaldum have been looking good. Um, De Lick came back and then Depay has been on fire um, and can't forget Dumfries. Dumfries is having a breakout tournament. Uh, maybe he gets a, a summer transfer because, what he's at PSV, I yeah. think. So, yeah, I mean, he definitely, after, you know, his performance, um, deserves something else. 
Um, so yeah, I ultimately think Netherlands wins, but I don't think it's going to be, you know, a 3-0 um, victory. I think it's, you know, 2-0 comfortably, you know, slot one at the, at the end of the game because Czech Republic opens up spaces, but no, um, it, it might be fought, but yeah, Netherlands ultimately wins. Yeah, I'll take that route too. I think maybe uh, the Czech Republic score one. Patrick Schick adds maybe another one. I see it being a 2-1 victory for the Netherlands. You know, this team is really good, but at the end of the day, we're going to have to see, you know, how the manager wants his squad to play. And that's really going to be um, the story for the Netherlands because they have really, really good talent out there. You mentioned Dumfries, you know, he's played really good and getting a lot of interest now from other European clubs. He was supposed to move to Everton, but apparently now that's not going to happen anymore as PSV, you know, want to capitalize on his added value now. But yeah, I think the Netherlands will probably win this one. Um, though I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if the Czech Republic, you know, may had an upset here and did take this, you know, one nil or something. Moving on to a match, you mentioned some of these games are semifinal worthy, and here's one of them, Belgium and Portugal. Um, really interesting match. Obviously, Portugal, the reigning Euro champions, and then Belgium, who are currently ranked number one in FIFA. You know, depends how, how you take that. Not many people take the FIFA rankings too seriously. Do you expect fireworks in this game, or do you think it's probably going to be slow and another low score line? Um. Belgium can play both ways. Um, Belgium can play slow and they can play fast. Um, I ultimately think um, Belgium just, you know, uh, three win, three one win against Portugal. Um, I think uh, if they do what Germany did to them, you know, play fast, play, play open, play with, play wide. Um, they're going to do damage to them. Um, Pep is 38 and Ruben Diaz hasn't been looking like Manchester City. Ruben Diaz um, this tournament, um, De Bruyne, um, and then who's the uh, Tillemans, you know, Vitzel, they're, they're, they're controlling that middle, and, and Lukaku's on fire. Um, I ultimately think he can, you know, take Cristiano Ronaldo's golden boot because, you know, of how far they think they're going to get. Um, and I ultimately think Belgium can win it all. Um, so, yeah, Belgium, for me, you know, has fireworks on their side, but Portugal and Ronaldo just aren't going to get it, get it done. Yeah, there's a lot of questions for Portugal side. You know, obviously, you know, I guess it would say kind of disappointing because they were almost knocked out of this tournament. And then also, too, we didn't even mention Eden Hazard coming off the bench for uh, Belgium. Like, he's looked pretty good in the couple of minutes he's played. A lot more better than what we've seen in Real Madrid, who where he's not played well. He's been injured for most of the time. And then now here in the Euros right now, you know, coming off the bench, he looks really good. And if Belgium, you know, do go down, and they're struggling to create something, you know, you have, you have Eden freaking hazard. Sure. He's not Eden hazard from like a couple of years ago, but still he's really good at finding spaces and scoring. Um, I think that Belgium probably going to win this comfortably, maybe like three, one, four, one. I, I just, I see a lot of Portugal's struggles and trying to help out Ronaldo. Cause like you mentioned, you know, he's not going to come back deep and try to, you know, help out the play. He's a striker. You need to feed him well. And I just don't think Portugal can get it done unless, you know, somebody steps up big time like Diogo Jota, who I thought kind of flopped a lot this tournament, didn't look too well. Moving on to another game, Croatia and Spain. Uh, Luka Modric is going to go and face, not, not really, he's actually going to be the only Real Madrid player, you know, in that squad. And you think about it, they're playing Spain. Uh, JP, do you think uh, Croatia can get an upset here or do you think Spain are finally going to score a couple more goals after blowing out Slovakia in the last group game? Uh, I don't really, I wouldn't consider it uh, an, um, an upset because um, of the way Spain is playing. But um, 
Yeah, honestly, this is a very up in the air game. It could it could go either way. It could go the way of Croatia, you know, capitalizes on on Spain's sloppy play, or it could be, you know, another five zero win where where Spain connects, um, and Croatia just demoralize demoralize and 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 you know go against uh, go like fight with each other because um, Croatians, you know, have a have a nasty personality sometimes when things don't go their way. But um, yeah, I mean. It could go either way. Croatia, you know, can can get one past and, and defend, or um, Spain opens the floodgates. Um, I ultimately think Spain is going to get it through because Croatia, I think, is just too old and too tired. Um, but this is going to be a this is a toss up of of how it can go. Yeah, I agree with you. Honestly, I think this might be the only knockout game from the round of sixteen that probably goes to penalties. I'm kind of getting that vibes from this game. Um, you know, you mentioned. Earlier, we've been talking about Spain's struggles to finish and Alvaro Morata, you know, he doesn't look so well. Um, I, I think this game goes to penalties and I think, you know, Spain are probably going to win it on penalties just because uh, this Croatian squad is a lot different than the one that they went to the World Cup. They're missing a couple of key players. But um, I think that this one goes to penalties and Spain ultimately take it. Moving on to another game, France and Switzerland. Um, France are heavy favorites for this, and the Swiss just haven't looked too too well and convincing. But Shakiri's had a couple of moments here and there where he's elevated the play of uh, the Swiss national team. Do you think Shakiri makes another big appearance in this game, or do you think France take care of this easily with the talent that they have? I mean, Shakiri can will make a performance. Will you know have his performance regardless? Um, that doesn't mean uh, Switzerland is gonna is gonna win off of that or not. Um, no, I think France France destroys Switzerland. Um, you know, maybe Switzerland has a great first half and, you know, keep them at zero. But, you know, Mbappé, Benzema, you can put what, Kinsley Coleman in. Um, they have enough. They have enough just speed. Um, speed that, you know, one through ball is just all they need um, to get through. Um, and then France ultimately make the semifinals after, you know, beating Croatia or Spain. So, yeah, France, France easily easily gets through yeah i agree you know like you mentioned you know just a through ball here and there you know opens up the game for france and kareem benzema is a really good passer of the football and that's something that you know an element that they added you know especially after his whole you know scandal thing got cleared up you know having him there and playing is going to make this team a lot better and i think he'll show his his worth as the knockout stages continue Moving on to another big clash, England and Germany. Um, England here, we talked about haven't looked too convincing. Same thing with Germany. Who takes this up? Who takes this game, JP? Um, they're at Wembley, so uh, I think that definitely helps England. Um, it ultimately, I think it doesn't even depend on England if they win or not. I think they're gonna score. It's just if Germany can finish, if Werner can finish, or Havertz can finish. Um, do I think Werner is going to magically get powers um, this game against England? No, I do not. So I have England winning it. Um, I think if it goes to penalties, I think Germany is going to, you know, be happy, definitely be the happier team. Um, this is going to be, I think, the best round of 16 game. Um, the closest or, you know, the where fireworks go off. Um, I think Harry Kane gets one. Um, I think Sterling gets another. Um, I, I have England, you know, 2-1 or even 3-2 um, up against Germany. Yeah, uh, you know, I agree with you that fireworks being off in this game, you know, 
whoever wins this game, I think, you know, is probably going to end up making a deep run. Both these teams really do need that kind of confidence booster. You know, you know, England have a good team, but if they can start scoring goals in bunches in this game, then I think that takes them a long way and helps them make a deeper run because they're going to be playing at Wembley a lot. So that it, that's in their favor. And Germany as well, you know, they've had their struggles, you know, finishing the football and ultimately looking convincing as a unit. And I think if they're able to do that, that momentum will probably carry them forward because they have a really, you know, experienced team and a lot of young players that are going to continue to improve as, you know, the games go on. So this is probably the game of, you know, the round so far. If you're going to pick only one game to watch, it's got to be this one. And finally, you know, talking about the last match, uh, Sweden and Ukraine, you know, not a lot of talk about this one. These aren't, you know, powerhouse teams, but you never know. This could be a catapult for one of these teams. Um, who do you think wins, uh, JP? Uh, Sweden and Ukraine, right? Yeah, Sweden and Ukraine. Um, I ultimately think Sweden because um, they've been the most consistent. Um, yeah, Ukraine had that great, you know, almost comeback against the Netherlands. Um, I just don't think Ukraine have enough. Um, and then, you know, Sweden, you know, an extra time can can slot one past them. Um, this one might, can go the distance, like is a game that can go the distance to, you know, maybe penalty shootout. But I ultimately have, you know, Sweden uh, more or less having a comfortable victory. Yeah, I'd agree with you too. You know, your kind really didn't do much, if we're to be honest with you. You know, uh, just beating Northern Macedonia like every team did, you know, in their group, you know, that's ultimately what really got them into this place. Didn't look too well against the Netherlands. Yeah, sure, they did have that comeback, but then, you know, they allowed that goal and then, you know, couldn't finish it against uh, Austria and were and lost that game. So I'm, I think Sweden wins this comfortably. And I, I think, you know, it's going to be an interesting round of 16 uh what J we're gonna go real quick with a couple of questions uh you know jp who's your who's who do you think is gonna win the golden boot in this tournament right ronaldo has five goals and then on later on in this you know lukaku of forsberg of uh, sweden patrick Schick, and uh genie why them all have three goals and all are still you know playing in the round of 16 do you think lukaku probably catches up to him or do you think maybe somebody else um could maybe win this from Lukaku because he's ultimately the favorite for it. He has a great team and everything. Who do you think takes the golden boot? Yeah, if, if Belgium get past Portugal and Italy, then, you know, they're finalists and, you know, they're going to have to need goals and they're the man that's on fire right now is Lukaku. So ultimately, I think Lukaku um, wins it all. Lewandowski's gone. Schick is going to be gone. Um, the game, all of Sweden's goals aren't through Forsberg. Um, Sweden can score with other people. So, yeah, and then Ronaldo, um, maybe, but I don't see it. I don't see him, you know, making that many runs from from the middle anymore and in the knockout stages. So yeah, Lukaku's my guy. Yeah, uh, I'd agree. You know, obviously, you know, Ronaldo and Lukaku are gonna face off, you know, in this first round. So whoever wins, whether it be Portugal or Belgium, is probably gonna take, you know, the golden boot. If Belgium win, then Lukaku, I think, is gonna continue firing goals. And then if Portugal do end up with a victory, then I think, you know, Ronaldo already has a substantial lead. And I think, you know, he'll probably score one or two more and that'll be just enough to, you know, uh, win this golden boot. And, you know, final question, JP, you know, I'll let you go first. Who do you think's winning the tournament? Who's going to come out be Euro 2020 victors? Um, looking at the brackets, 
Um, whoever wins from England, Germany make the final. I, I say England. Um, so I think they make the finals. Um, and then uh, I ultimately think Belgium um, beat Portugal, beat Italy. And then, you know, they, ha- they lost to France in the World Cup. So they make the final. Um, and then England is at home. Um, but I still think Belgium. I think Belgium have, have enough um, talent. Um, and it ultimately is going to depend on if Eden Hazard can get back to 2018 Eden Hazard because that man carried Belgium that tournament. Um, and if he can get, you know, glimpses of that, um, Belgium are clear to me. Because uh, just France hasn't looked convincing enough. Um, Benzema kind of has taken away from Mbappe's um, Mbappe's touches and Mbappe's impact. So, yeah, I'm going to go bold and go Belgium. Belgium, you know, uh, good team right there. Um, I guess I can kind of go bold here. You know, I think Italy look really good. I'm sold on this Italian team just because of what I saw in the group. Um, you know, you can take that with a grain of salt if you want because some of the teams, you know, like Turkey didn't really come up to play. But I think overall they just looked really good and dominated their opponent for all of the games, you know. Um, they have good wingers. You know, their defense is aging. But I think, you know, that ex- they have more experience than, you know, them just being old defenders, you know. They're experienced defenders and, you know, have one of the best goalkeepers in the world. And Gianluigi Donnarumma, I think he's really good and solid. So even if Italy, you know, do have some trouble defending, I think he'll be able to, he'll be able to be there and save them. And then ultimately, you know, it all comes down to Chiro Immobile, as we mentioned earlier, you know, hasn't looked so confident when he puts on an Italian shirt. But if he can get more goals and get going, then I think not only will Italy be able to win this whole tournament, but also to Chiro Immobile, who we didn't really talk about in the quick Golden Boot discussion, you know, I think maybe he has a chance to take it. What do you think about that? I I think Belgium knock him. I ultimately think Belgium knock them because um, Italy. This is Italy's first tournament back, you know, back to to prominence, you know, back to to favoritism, if you will. Um, I think by by Qatar, we can talk about Italy, you know, definitely going far, far. Um, I just don't think um, Immobile is gonna, you know, score enough goals um, and catapult them over Belgium. So yeah, I'm just gonna stick with my Belgium pick. They would meet in the semifinals, if I'm correct, right? No, they right? would meet quarterfinals. That's quarterfinals. the thing. If oh, okay. Belgium, yeah, the winner of Belgium, Portugal plays winner of Italy and Austria. So um, definitely the and then if you know the winner of that game plays France in the semifinals. So if England wins, they play the winner of Sweden, Ukraine, and then they ultimately, um, I guess, play the Netherlands, who I think can get to the semifinals from the other bracket. So, yeah, one bracket is definitely harder than the other one. And England is in the easier bracket. That's why I see them going so far. Just like in the World Cup, to be honest, you know, in that year, they were in the easier side. So I think we could probably see history repeat itself here. You know, the Euros are going to be fun to watch, especially now since, you know, we're the spicy part of it. where Everybody loves to see which team will get knocked out. You know, JP's got his money set on Belgium. I think Italy can make a couple upsets here. You know, all the hype is around them. And, you know, I'm buying that. So, um, yeah, just uh, thanks to JP for coming on to the podcast. Uh, JP, where can, you know, the listeners get more of you? Yeah, so I write for the LA Soccer Hub, like Alex. I cover LAFC, he covers LA Galaxy. Um, you can follow me on, on Twitter, JP underscore Marquez20. 
Um, and then, you know, special shout out to the greatest player of all time, uh, Lionel Messi, his 34th birthday, greatest of all time. Nobody's ever going to gonna take that away from him. But yeah, uh, that's where you guys can catch me. And, you know, thanks, thanks, Alex, for inviting me and having me on today. Yeah, man, no problem. I, I love your knowledge of the games. Uh, just love hearing you, man. So yeah, with that, that'll be the end of the episode. And just thanks for listening.